And tonight, hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts. And they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit until the last one. Her kick is blocked. Georgia Tech blocks it. The Jackets pick it up back in the 25, and Austin is returning it down the left oh, side. Pass the 50, a blocker, pass the 30. Inside the 20, inside the 10. And he scores! And he scores! Hey, everybody. Great to have you with us. Did you flip your calendar to the month of August? You got to do it right now. Game month in college football all over the FBS NFL uh, preseason. That will, of course, incorporate Phil Steele, as we'll tell you about coming up in a moment as well. But happy, happy football month, everybody. It's back with us as uh, today we're honed in on the uh, the West Division of the Mid-American Conference. We went through the East yesterday. And, of course, remember, you can easily archive all the shows that we've done. We've done all the Power Five uh, conferences. We're into the Group of Five. We started way back on the 10th of July. So make sure you do that. All you have to do is go to iTunes.com iTunes.com, and you won't miss a thing. Michael Regai, joined by our producer, Jim Nabasta, and, of course, the very best, the preeminent, the author of Phil Steele's College Football Preview, and uh, you're going to see him all over and read of him, too, in this college and NFL season. Uh, we say hi to Phil Steele. Phil, how you doing? I know you're busy, but happy August 1st because it's game month, buddy. Yeah, and uh, football kicks off soon. Camps have opened. Uh, always a lot of fun. And and you mentioned that uh, you know the listeners can archive it on iTunes. They don't even have to archive it. It's all up there right now. You just go to iTunes dot com and you can click on every single podcast that we've done so far. And when you do it, if you're liking what you hear, you go ahead and leave us a review, and that that helps us out. It helps us expand the podcast. So I know you're thinking, why take the extra minute? But do it. You're going to continue to get all this quality podcasts that we put out. Absolutely, no question about it. And speaking of quality, uh, PhilSteel.com and all the offshoots of it were uh, nothing but major league quality as well. Phil, give all of our listeners an, of, of an idea of everything that is available to them and is going to be up and running bigger and better available to them as uh, you check out everything about Phil Steele. Yeah, and the the website, philsteel.com, is going under uh, some construction right now, and we want it to be 100% when the season starts, which it will be. It's actually going to be there very shortly. Probably this week we'll have it up and running. You're going to love the changes on philsteel.com, easier to use. You can use the uh, Phil Steel Plus, which is something I use each and every time during the season, and we'll talk about that in on a future podcast, but uh, one other site to look at is also Inside the Press Box. If you go to InsideThePressBox.com, you can get the weekly newsletter called Inside the Press Box. It gives you my forecast each week, my computer's forecast, and uh, it also gives you a lot of stats. So if you like to analyze the games yourself, that's another way to do it. That's, that's uh, PhilSteel.com or call our offices direct at 866 866- 918-7711. That's 866-918-7711. But it's a great newsletter for the year. And if you go to Inside the Press Box, get a free sample issue. And you, if you enter the uh, code word football, you'll be able to take $20 off college, NFL, or college and NFL combined. 
Can't miss it, folks. Uh, you are not 1,000% in the know unless you take advantage of all the various availabilities that Phil is mentioning and gives you. All right, we're ready to roll through. Uh, yesterday we did the Mac East. We told you that, uh, you know, the way we see it, Ohio and Miami, those two uh, rivals in the Buckeye State, uh, they they seem to be at the top of the class going into the season in the MAC East. Let's see how things uh, shake out in the MAC West. Let's start in Muncie, Indiana. And again, we do these alphabetically, not by predicted order of finish, but simply alphabetically as we assess the squads. Ball State Cardinals. Uh, it's uh, all Mid-American Conference quarterback, Phil, from the uh, the early 90s, Mike New, who parlayed 38 career starts into that all-Mac status during an outstanding playing career for head coach Paul Schudel. Um, that was from 90 to 93 in Muncie. Um, now, when so he's a legacy name. And they go to a legacy name to name their uh, their new head coach. They did that last season. Now, they were just 1-7 in Mac play. Uh, by the uh, the other five in the division that uh, were bowl teams, remember, last year. Middle of the pack, 27 points per game, but uh, they were dead last and allowing 470 yards per game, 30 points per game defensively. They got a talented offensive backfield. And check out Phil's position unit rankings in the magazine. They'll tell you what Phil will tell you what we're talking about, but always look at, at position unit rankings. To give you an idea how Phil assesses everybody. Second-ranked running backs led by first-team uh, Mac Choice, uh, James Gilbert, over 1,300 yards last year, 12 TDs. The quarterback is Mike New-like, Phil Steele. He's six foot six. Uh, New is a big quarterback. So is Riley Neal. Had a decent 16. He's got to take a step forward. Defense has to take a big step forward. Phil, how capable are they in uh, in Mike New's second year? Yeah, and the offensive line rated number four in the conference as well. So you can tell they're going to have a, a potent offense. And, and frankly, uh, Mike New did a little better than I expected, especially after seven games last year. They were actually four and three. And I'm thinking, wow, I missed the boat on Ball State. They did lose their final five games. Now, my power ratings uh, put a little more emphasis on defense. And if that's the case, my power ratings are, are slanting a little bit towards uh, Ball State, maybe not getting to a bowl game this year. But as you touched on, Riley Neal is a guy that's 6'6", 230 pounds. Last year he only had a 13-12 ratio, but that was uh, in his first real season starting uh, bulky. He started 9-15, and 15, but last year was the new offense, and uh, I, I think he did well. James Gilbert, dynamic running back and good size. Offensive line is solid, and I like the receiving core as well. Defensively, they need somebody to step up. Now, whether it's going to be an Anthony Winbush at the defensive end spot, Kevin Willis up front on the defensive tackles. They actually have my number eight rated defensive line in the MAC. Secondary wise, Mark Walton probably the top guy back there. But uh, schedule's not easy. Uh, the defense still a question mark, uh, and it'll be interesting to see where Ball State falls. Uh, they're just number 105 in my experience chart this year. They were number 22 last year, so uh, a less experienced squad this season. Well, yeah, that's, uh, as we know, uh, Phil, that's something uh, Phil uh, really pours over real exclusively. That That's quite a significant dip. Uh, I agree with you, Phil. I do expect Riley Neal, though, to uh, show why he was so highly thought of and very gifted with his abilities. They start out at Illinois and, uh, again, uh, then uh, at Western Kentucky as well. So before they start with Western Michigan and Akron in the MAC. Now, the uh, the South Point uh, total, 
the number for a ball state this year and uh, Mike new second season Phil comes in at four so how bullish are you on the Cardinals who won four football games last year that they could possibly supersede that in 17. Yeah, this is a tough Mac, uh, West. I mean, when you look at the teams at the top, uh, they've got tons of talent. Uh, they, they draw Miami, uh, of Ohio out of the East this year, which is not good. And that's one of their home games. They also host Toledo, which they'll probably be an underdog in. Central Michigan's not going to be a gimme by any stretch. So I actually have an underdog in nine games this year. Uh, so, you know, when I look at the schedule, I got them favored over UAB, Tennessee Tech, and Buffalo. Uh, the rest of the games, I do have my dog based on where they're played and when they play them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean with the under. But uh, you know, once again, I did not expect Ball State to open up four and three last year like they did. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Coach New overachieves again. Okay, I, I will join you in that just because of uh, everything you laid out, especially uh, schedule wise. Uh, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to ambush a couple of those real strong squads uh, in the MAC if they're going to achieve that number so phil i'm going to uh, go on the underside uh, this year uh, for uh, uh, for uh, mike new and ball state but again don't don't sleep on them because as phil said they got off to a real strong start a year ago all right for ball state uh, we move on we're doing the mac west today these are in alphabetical order of course let's uh, leave the state of indiana swing into the uh, the middle sector of the state of michigan and uh, check in with the Central Michigan Chippewas. Now, they're a very formidable name, one that I think uh, everybody at college football keeps close tabs on. The last five seasons, Phil, they, they either go 7-6 and six or 6-6 six and six or 6-7, six and seven, so they're always right there around that, uh, that 500 mark. They're expecting better this year. They have gone to four bowls of the last five years. Now, they started last year 3-0, and oh, and uh, they were even 5-2. and two. Uh, as uh, the season got into the second half. Now, Phil, that included that controversial added final snap, for lack of a better way to say it, win that Central Michigan came up with uh, in Stillwater, Oklahoma, against Oklahoma State. Now, after that, though, it, they, it they, did, they lost 7-10. One, one thing I want to point out about that game, if you're watching yeah. it, I thought yep. Central Michigan deserved to win. I mean, they, yeah, they, they outplayed played Oklahoma State yeah. most of the game. They had a 418 to 338 yard edge, and then it was one of those games like, well, oh shoot, they're going to lose a game they should have won, but then they ended up winning a game that officially, if the NCAA had called it correctly, uh, would have been a loss for them. So it was a it, that's that was a very interesting and uh, and fun game. And Oklahoma State's a good team playing them like that in Stillwater and outgaining them by nearly 100 yards was impressive. Yeah, and John Bonamigo told us in the offseason, he said, you know, guys, I've never talked so much in my life to so many people wanting to know about one football snap. <laughs> you know, when it comes like that, that's uh, they're going to want to know how the head coach feels about it. Hey, I mean, you're not going to give it back if you're set for Michigan, right? I mean, uh, you know, it went on the board as a 30-27 uh, to 27 win, and so Central Michigan took that. They did, though, fall at seven of the last ten. They kind of got rolled by Tulsa in the Miami Beach Bowl. Uh, John Bonamigo, we kinda? Yes, sir. Kind of? Yeah. Well, I, they, they were kind destroyed. of because I'm being kind, Mr. Yeah. Stewart. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> John Bonamigo is one of our uh, our favorite coaches. Now, Phil, he's courageously fought and beat cancer in his first year. 
He did it by uh, just his, his diligence. He traveled to uh, the University of Michigan's uh, Ann Arbor-based, uh, world-famous uh, hospital every day two years ago uh, to undergo treatment before going. That's about a two-and-a-half-hour drive back up to Mount Pleasant to then, um, you know, coach his football team. So uh, just a, a courageous man who you root for. Um, he's got a, speaking of Michigan, Philly's got a graduate transfer quarterback, Shane Morris, who did not see much playing time at all. He made a couple of starts under Brady Hoke, uh, was really the, uh, the third QB the last two years for Jim Harbaugh. He takes a graduate transfer and is now at Central Michigan. They've got your top rated D line in the Mac, led by second team Mac standout and, uh, Quarterback, get after guy, uh, Joe Osman. Cooper Rush, though, has got to be replaced, Philly. A four year starter with 49 career starts. I don't know if Shane Morris definitely is going to win that job, but uh, whether he does or not, Phil, uh, they're looking to take a step forward. Do they do that if, uh, if a true quarterback leader emerges? And yeah, I'll tell you, back in 2015 in Bonamago's first season, they only had nine returning starters. First year as a head coach, got to learn the players. Here's a guy that didn't have head coaching experience coming in, and, and my expectations for Central were not to get to a bowl game, and they did at seven and six. Last year they're just flying along, as you mentioned, five and two. Uh, they lost that game to Toledo on a road, then they had a close loss to Kent State. Later they beat Ohio, which was impressive, and gave Eastern Michigan a great battle, but just an embarrassing bowl game overall. Now replacing Cooper Rush is not going to be easy, but let's look at Cooper Rush's stats last year. If you're, I expected more. I mean, he only hit 59.8%, 23 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. It wouldn't surprise me if Tony Poljan or Shane Morris came in and did that. When you look at Poljan, you know, he's a guy that's got a high ceiling, a big, strong, athletic kid at 6'7", 225. Morris was simply my number three rated quarterback coming out of high school. There's a reason Michigan picked him. He just hasn't uh, been able to, to secure that starting job and uh, made a smart move, I think, by transferring here. So that's going to be a great battle. Devon Spalding is a running back that uh, I think he gets finally to that 1,000-yard barrier this year. He got the 756 last year. He's got the potential to get there this year. The receiving core, Corey Willis is uh, – uh, a name you got to watch. He's a 1,000-yard receiver from last year, averaged 15.2 yards per carry. The offensive line's a veteran group, as you touched on. They've got Osman on one side. They've got Mitch Stanizek on the other side. I think they'll produce some pass rush. Stanizek's a guy that missed most of last year with injury. They've got uh, Briones and Fountain at the linebacker spot. Uh, a couple of solid cornerbacks in Coleman and Cox. Uh, and they've got the head coach, John Bonamago, who gets the most out of his team. So I, th- I think it's going to be a really interesting year for Central to see if they can get up there and contend with the Toledos, the Westerns, and the Northerns this year instead of coming up a little short like they did last season. Yeah, three Power 5 teams out of the schedule, as we said. I'm glad you mentioned uh, both Amari Coleman and Josh Cox because for the last few years, as I've prepared for Central Michigan uh, games at uh, calling uh, on ESPN, Phil, I, you know, the NFL scouts are all over both these two guys. They're both believed to be uh, surefire draft choices and uh, ultimately NFL corners. So it's a good football team. They have tradition of excellence there. And, uh, Phil, when you look at it, um, you know, the over-under out of the uh, the South Point is set at 7 for Central Michigan. Uh, tough, tough Mac West, as we said. Five bowl teams there, counting themselves. 
Uh, can they can they have the type of year that could contend for a Mac West crown? It wouldn't surprise me if they did, but I'm not calling for it. When I look at the schedule, I've got them an underdog at Western Michigan, home to Toledo, at Ohio, at Boston College, at Syracuse, and the Kansas game, a toss-up game. So, uh, you know, when it comes to that seven number, uh, I'm going to say they stick pretty much in the path they've been, that, uh, you know, the six-loss team during the season, and I'm going to say that they, they get to a bowl. I don't see them as a contender in the West this year, though, and I'm going to call for under seven in that case. Uh, but I do yeah. think they get to a bowl game. Right, I'm with you on that. I, I will. Uh, I'm going to six and six sounds uh, probably pretty uh, on point for Central Michigan. Now, of course, say hey, listen, if they spring one of those surprises, uh, they uh, you know they they're at Kansas and at Syracuse. I mean, if they get one of those and then uh, represent well in the MAC, maybe, maybe. But uh, for the time being, Phil and I will both go on the underside for Central Michigan. We're in the MAC West. We're uh, halfway home on this uh, Tuesday, August the 1st. It's it's game month all over the FBS, and we're thrilled about that. Uh, just 30 days away from the uh, the actual kickoff on Thursday, October, uh, excuse me, August 31st to this college football season we move from uh, pleasant michigan to ypsilanti michigan as we continue in the west head coach chris creighton well, he has done a terrific job at the helm of the eastern michigan eagles they were massively improved folks in 2016 and he kind of i remember phil him telling us he thought that they would and they followed through on that one win one win for chris creighton in eastern michigan at 15 they jumped it up to seven wins last year. Phil, one of six FBS squads to show that large improvement last year, meaning a six-game win improvement. Offense averaged 30 points per game, led by very now competent senior quarterback Brogan Roback. Solid running back core, excellent trio of receivers. They showed us, Phil, a 13-point improvement defensively last year, but they, they still have things to accomplish there. All right, you just said uh, Central Michigan not sure about. Can, can we at least maybe forecast and foresee back-to-back bowl games for Eastern Michigan? They hadn't been to a bowl since 1987. They got that checked off last year. Can they repeat that here in 17, Phil? And played a pretty good bowl game. That old Dominion team they took on yeah. the bowl in the Bahamas is a, a very good team, and they, they played them pretty much even up the entire game. And, uh, you know, when you look at, at Eastern last year, it just shows you the strength of looking at the experience chart in front of the magazine. They were the number five most experienced team in the country last year. This was a junior, senior-laden team, and uh, definitely made that turnaround, going from 7-41 and 41 the previous four years to seven wins, which was uh, pretty remarkable. Now, this year there's a lot of factors pointing down. The first one is there were plus four net upsets last year. There were plus three net close wins. They rate a minus 5.5 on my stock market indicator. And while they're still experienced, number 31, that's a step down from last year. They also draw both Miami and Ohio out of the East. And if you haven't listened to the East podcast already, go listen to it now and you'll understand why that's not a good draw there. They also have to play Rutgers on the road, Kentucky on the road, 
the Army on the road. Those are uh, three teams that are going to be uh, – Rutgers going to be much improved. Kentucky, contender in the SEC East, and Army coming off a fantastic season with the veteran squad. They have to play uh, Miami on the road, Central on the road, Northern on the road. It's a, a tough schedule with those uh, seven road games that they have, and, and all of them they figure to be an underdog. At home they play Ohio. They play Western Michigan or two teams that they could potentially be an underdog to at home. So it would be interesting to see if those bowl practices pay off this year for Eastern Michigan. But I like the talent. As you touched on Brogan, Roback, a solid running back core, Erickson, Turner, and then Shaq Van, who could very well be the guy that emerges this year. And uh, he's got NFL potential. He's 5'10", 213 pounds. The receiving core, Sergio Bailey, figures it to stay at the top. He had 868 yards last year. And defensively, a guy like uh, Jeremiah Harris is 6'5", 254, good size at that bull end spot. I think he can get the pressure on the quarterback as well. Four sacks last year. Look for a big improvement out of him in that area this year. And then in the secondary, Vince Calhoun, one of the better uh, Mac safeties out there. So I like the talent of this year's Eastern. Matched against that schedule, though, I don't know if they're going to be able to top last year's seven-win total. Okay, uh, they got a trip at week two after, uh, listen, Charlotte, on uh, that, that's going to be very, very intriguing. That's their opener at uh, Ryan Nearson Stadium at home on September 1st. And they got to go to Rutgers, Phil, and they also go to Kentucky on the road three weeks later. So uh, the there's been, you know, they, they last year they're, a, as we said, a seven-win football team. But, you know, the gang at South Point right now, uh, maybe looking at the schedule and what have you, Phil, the the win total is four and a half for Eastern Michigan. Uh, that that is reflective of what in your mind mostly schedule. Yeah, I'd say schedule. Uh, like I mentioned, drawing Ohio and Miami seven road games, and you look at the games where they're going to be favored, where they're going to be an underdog. They they figure to be an underdog in eight of their games this year. Now, granted. Last year they pulled quite a few upsets. I mean, they weren't favored to beat Wyoming. They weren't favored to beat Bowling Green. They weren't favored to beat Ohio. They weren't favored mm-hmm. to beat Ball State or Central. Five upsets last year. Uh, and they're a team that comes into the season with a lot of confidence. But that's the reason that the number's down there are four and a half. Okay. Uh, I'm going over that, though. I uh, uh, That is an area that I think that Chris Creighton and his football team uh, can achieve. And I know, listen, after uh, last year and, and uh, doing a plus six and winning seven football games, their expectation is way higher than four and a half. Will reality meet expectation? But, Phil, I am going over that, that four and a half. I see them getting to uh, everything breaks right, six wins of the six-win campaign. How about you? Uh, I'm going based on the schedule and granted, like I said, they pulled off so many upsets, but a lot of my key indicators pointing down this year. Uh, so I'm actually going to go with under the four and a half since I have an underdog in eight games this year. And since you picked the over, we need to have a few disagreements here and there. <laughs> right. And I, I like the West. I mean, you got Central, Northern, Toledo, Western. It's a tough conference. I don't like the draw of Ohio and Miami. I don't like playing Rutgers, Kentucky, and Army in the non-conference. So I, I do have an underdog in eight games. I'm actually going to go with the under, but I'll tell you this. I sure as hell didn't have him win the seven games last year. <laughs> no. No, neither one of us did. So uh, Chris Creighton, uh, another head coach, a young head coach that has his program on an upswing. They've made a lot of uh, beautiful renovations, a sparkling new football facility, a building uh, in Ypsilanti and to Rhinearson Stadium. So a program that uh, certainly bears watching. Uh, again in 2017, the Eastern Michigan Eagles. We're doing the, the Mac West today. 
Make sure you check in and uh, at iTunes.com and you right away have access to each and every. Your favorite football team, your favorite football conference, uh, you probably are, are going to want to make sure that you you check in and uh, get all the information you need. And we've been started our previews on July the 10th. We've run through all the Power Five conferences and the independents. We've uh, started our swing through the Group of Five. Last week we uh, we did uh, the American Athletic Conference, and uh, yesterday and today with the Mid American Conference with the Mountain West, the uh, Sun Belt, and Conference USA still to come before we kick off here in the 2017 season. All right, let's head from the state of Michigan uh, and swing into uh, Illinois as we go a little bit west. And DeKalb is a stop for the Northern Illinois Huskies. You know, Phil, from 2012 to 2014, Northern Illinois fashioned a one-loss record of 35-7 and with three MAC West Division crowns in there. Hey, going to six consecutive MAC championship games, six in a row, until that was interrupted uh, last season. They won a couple of MAC championships in that three-year run I talk about when they won uh, 35 football games. Rod Carey's the head football coach. Phil he enters his fifth year in DeKalb. First two seasons were 13 and 14 that we speak of that he was in MAC championship games. He had an eight-win 15. Last year was the year they dipped. They dropped down to five and seven without a bowl game. Uh, now, two NFL draft choices, though, were on, on that football team last year. Kenny Galladay, the outstanding receiver, and Joel Buonio, the uh, the very fine running back. Both were elite talents. They got to be replaced. Yet offensive talent, Phil, does remain. They're formidable on both the offensive and defensive line. Maybe uh, after a 5-7, and seven, which that kind of none of us expected, do they make your way back on even with just that one-year dip to a most improved Phil Steele list? Yeah, and when I talked to Coach uh, Carey this summer going over the team, uh, the one thing he pointed out, and, uh, you know, he drew some comparisons to Nick Saban, uh, you know, at Bama, saying it's easier to prep a team off a losing season. This is one pissed-off football team right now because they won six straight MAC titles and last year embarrassingly missed out on a bowl game. Now, much like Miami, remember how Miami finished? We were talking about yeah. the momentum on yesterday's podcast, and check out yesterday's podcast to listen to that. Northern won uh, down the stretch. They won four of their last five games. They only lost a game to Toledo that they could easily have won. So they played a lot better down the stretch. Uh, when you look at Northern this year uh, at quarterback, they've got uh, a battle. They've got Ryan Graham and, and uh, Mar- Marcus Childers and Daniel Santa Canarina. Uh, I think maybe the, the best athlete of the group might be Marcus Childers. It'll be interesting yeah. to see how that plays out, and they actually do. But I think if he wins the job, we could be back to seeing one of those Northern Illinois quarterbacks that puts up the big stats like they've had for so many years. Jordan Huff at running back is solid. Chad Beebe, a receiver. And then you look at them up front on the offensive line. I think they'll get a lot better push this year. Max Sharping, one of the better left tackles in the country. Uh, and then you look at in the Mac, I should say. And then you look at them defensively. Shawan Lurie didn't have the interceptions he had the previous year. I mean, that team's threw away from him. He went from nine interceptions to three. But he should get back to getting those ins. Even though teams will be playing away, I think he's solid. Uh, you look at the linebacking core led by Bobby Jones up front, William Lee, Josh Corcoran. I think they've got the talent. And uh, like I said, 
I, I like to have teams that are at such a high level for so long take a one-year dip. I see them bouncing back. So uh, this is a team that has been to six of the last seven MAC title games, and I, I think they're going to be a contender again this year. Sure, and uh, again, uh, there's you know we we speak of the fine football programs in the Mid American Conference. I mean Ohio and Central Michigan and and Western Michigan and Toledo that we're going to touch on here in a moment. But you know you could make a strong case, Phil, that when you're speaking of uh, the most prolific over the past decade, as you know unquestionably the Huskies of Northern Illinois, they, they, they know how to win. I love the, so they're, they're an angry group, huh? They're, they're pretty, they're pretty just hacked off about what happened to them a year ago. I can understand that. No question about it. Completely different attitude. And, you know, whereas when you've been to six straight MAC title games, you might come to practice and say, you know what, we just throw our helmet on the field. We're going to get back there. They realize now that that's not the case. So I think you'll see a different attitude with this year's class. Open up with Boston College uh, at home in Husky Stadium on September 1st. Phil, they got to go to Nebraska on September 16th, and they got to go to San Diego State. They get a bye between those, though. A bye, that's good scheduling from the AD. A bye between the two road games uh, against Nebraska and San Diego State. Then they start MAC play in the first Saturday of October against Kent State. Phil, the, uh, the total has been set at six for Northern Illinois. I give you the first shot at it. Uh, not even really a question mark in my mind. Uh, definitely one of my. Uh, I, I out of whack? Like this one. Is this yeah, one way I, out of whack? A little bit. I mean, you, I could see why the number's there. They have to play Central Michigan on the road, Toledo on the road, uh, San Diego State, Nebraska, both on the road, and Boston College at home. But I think we're going to see a completely different Northern Illinois team on the field this year. So I, I, I like the over six in this one for Northern. And they did make my most improved list. And once again, there's two main lists that I have in the front of the magazine. One is most improved or non uh, teams that had a losing record last year that I expect to get to a bowl this year. The other one's my surprise team list, which are non top 10 teams that I think can win the national title. So I just wanted to give you the differentiate of what, uh, what those two lists are about. Yep. And as you're listening to the podcast, uh, the ones that we've already done and going forward, make sure you have your Phil Steele uh, college football preview in front of you. And then you can check out uh, those those pages that that line up everything that Phil is telling you about with regard to whether it's most improved list, surprise team, experience chart, position units uh, for each team within their conference you got to have it, and it'll, uh, as Phil's discussing it, it'll give you a real sense of where he's going with things. I, needless to say, Mr. Steele, I'm going over for Northern Illinois. I, I do see that. Uh, uh, I, I think you're going to see a minimum of eight wins with this football team and uh, right back in uh, maybe not a Mac West championship game, as we'll tell you in a moment. But certainly, bowl prominence once again for uh, Rod Carey and his crew. So I go over, Phil's going over, and uh, now it's kind of like the East yesterday, Phil. You know, you alphabetically it just played out this way. Uh, we did it yesterday as we got to the expected uh, two strongest squads in the MAC East with Miami's Red Hawks and the Ohio Bobcats. And Phil, I don't know, you're going to tell us if we're. Going to be along the same vein here in the Mac West. Our next stop is uh, Glass Bowl Stadium with those Toledo Rockets, another name, that uh, college football name that 
You know, if you're a real college football fan, listen, this has held great prominence at many, many stages throughout college football history. Phil Toledo, they're explosive offensively. We know that. Uh, they're very physical and powerful defensively. And and might this be the year that Toledo reaches their first MAC title game at Ford Field in Detroit since 2004? Now, that's a little surprising, but we just rattled off that it's been dominated the MAC West by Northern Illinois. They had gone to six in a row before the slip-up last year. It's kind of inconceivable, Phil, though, honestly, that it's been 12 seasons for one of the MAC's very best tradition-rich programs. Now, in 2016, they, uh, I don't know, I, I'm going to call it a coming-out party for quarterback Logan Woodside. He threw for 4,100 yards, Phil, a dazzling, dazzling 45-9 to TD interception ratio. And, Phil, how about 69% completion accuracy? It was a phenomenal year for Logan Woodside, how phenomenal. Johnny Unitas, Davey O'Brien watch list, first-team Mac guy now. Now they got to replace their third-round NFL draft choice, Kareem Hunt, who's been one of the finest running backs, not just in the Mac, but in college football for the past four seasons at Toledo. But I think 600-yard rusher Terry Swanson is very capable. Phil, and now schedule, though. Wow. Uh, listen, I mean, this is uh, this is one that that lines up that Toledo's going to have to play real good football. I, I would think you'd agree on that. They uh, they do get uh, they get uh, in the East. They they get a couple of squads that in Ohio. They got to go there, and of course Akron as well. But Phil, uh, they after going to uh, Nevada, they've got Tulsa at home. We know how strong Tulsa is. Then they go to Miami, Florida. So Elon from the FCS, uh, the Wolfpack of Nevada, then Tulsa in Miami before they get into MAC play. I'll say right now, though, I, I do believe that that a double-digit win season is certainly in the realm of possibility for Jason Candle, the outstanding young second-year head coach. How do you assess the Rockets this year with a chance to get back to their first MAC championship game in 13 years since 04? Yeah, and I thought Jason Candle did a great job last year, and it's still a little bitter back in 2015. I picked Toledo to win the West. I felt they were the best team in the West. Uh, they finished 10-2 and that year. The next closest in the division was Western Michigan at 8-5, and yet it was Northern Illinois getting to the title game because there was a four-way tie for the top at 6-2. and They actually had the best yards per game in the West, and so Toledo was my pick that year, and somehow, some way, they didn't get there, despite really having the best team and going ten and two on the season. Now, last year, Candle had an inexperienced squad coming back. I mean, when you look at the starters, they only had uh, three returning starters on defense, seven on offense, and uh, they did get Woodside back. He had missed fifteen with injury, and as you touched on, Woodside had a phenomenal year that 45-9 ratio and 69% completions. I am concerned who's going to replace Hunt. I do not see a Kareem Hunt there. I know Swanson uh, should be able to step in and do a good job, but not Hunt-like numbers. But the receiving core is solid with John Vea Johnson, Cody Thompson. The offensive line looks good. Defensively, they're stacked. It's a much more veteran unit this year with seven returning starters on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, players like uh, Jawan Woodley at the, the Will linebacker spot, Trayvon Mathis at cornerback, Ronnie Jones at free safety, all will be among the tops in the MAC. And uh, last year, I mentioned Candle did a good job. They had to play both Western Michigan 
and Northern Illinois on the road. This year they get them both at home. So when you look at that schedule breakdown, you know, the Nevada game, in my mind, even on the road is a toss-up. The Tulsa game at home, I think they can win. Tulsa's rather inexperienced this year, especially at the quarterback position. And I don't know if they realize what they're coming into playing in the glass bowl, which is one of the better venues out there, tougher venues to play in. They have to play Miami of Florida on the road. But other than that, you look at the rest of their MAC games, I think the Ohio game is a toss-up. They should be favored at Bowling Green, at Ball State, and at Central Michigan. I like the Rockets' uh, chances to win the West this year. Okay, very uh, you know, very uh, succinctly laid out, Phil. I, I, like I said, I, I really think I, I know that means you know only two losses, ten and two, obviously. But I do think there's a possibility if uh, if the football bounces properly, it wouldn't shock me if Toledo was able to do that ten win season. Phil, one guy I want to mention is I know I have a lot. Uh, there, there now I think we're getting a growing uh, volume of our. Uh, strongest steel podcast listeners that um, that play fantasy football and uh, the FBS. If you do remember the name Cody Thompson, Phil, right? This wide receiver for Toledo uh, last year, he averaged just a shade under 20 yards per reception. And I'm not talking about, you know, like uh, five catches for a hundred yards on the year. Cody Thompson, one of the uh, the finest big play receivers in college football, Phil, 64 catches for almost 1,300 yards and 19.8 per catch with, uh, with uh, 11 touchdowns. You put the tape on, it's just big play after big play from this young man. Yeah, and like you said, it's tough to average close to 20 per catch. And he's a guy that's, you know, 6'2", 200. Uh, he's a worker, which I like, and uh, he's got NFL possibilities. So, keep, yeah, I agree. That's a good point by you that you make there, Michael. Yep. Cody Thompson, I think, watch him as one of the very top uh, wide receivers. I think he might even... I might even show up on some All-American list this year, so keep close tabs on that. Uh, for Toledo, Phil, as we go through it, as we said, we, we both are, you know, I already put out there, I think, the potential of, uh, you know, if things break right, a double-digit win campaign is not out of the realm. Eight and a half from the gang at, um, at South Point, Phil. Eight and a half, which means, uh, you know, they're thinking probably, uh, or most uh, notably, maybe a nine-win football season for them on the overside. How do you see it? Oh, I think we're both going to feel the same way on this one, Michael. And uh, I'm going to go with over. I, I like Toledo's chances, as mentioned. Got them really a, a true underdog in one game this year. That's at Miami of Florida. Uh, the rest of the games are either favored or pickums, a couple of pickums, but mostly favored. I like the Rockets' chances to get into that double-digit season, double-digit sure. win season. Sure. And as the season goes by, too, again, you're going to want to be absolutely right up to speed with Toledo and uh, your favorite teams around college football. Phil this year has – now, we know Phil has done so much work for ESPN over the vast many years, but now he is uh, full-time, solidly entrenched, uh, not with only college football, but the NFL as well. Phil, give all of our Strongest Steel listeners an idea how they can read you at ESPN.com and, of course, uh, see you and hear you on all the ESPN platforms throughout the year. Yeah, should be doing a lot of stuff this year. Very excited to be uh, full-time with ESPN. And, you know, the, the best place to go is you go to ESPN.com slash Phil Steele. That'll take you right to ESPN Insider. Insider's a great deal. Just three thirty-three a month gets you. Uh, I'll have college up there, NFL up there, and then not only my stuff, but you get experts across the country in different sports. 
You're looking for NBA experts, they got them. You're looking for baseball experts, they got them. But you get uh, a full forecast, NFL, college, all on ESPN. You just go to ESPN.com slash Phil Steele, and it's $3.33 a month to sign up, which is about half the price of a beer at a ball game, and that's per month for all the sports. So make sure you check that out today. And uh, once again, very proud to be a member of the ESPN staff. Absolutely. Congratulations on that, Phil. And uh, we get them uh, each and every week here on Strong as Steel as well. Very busy man, but uh, you, you, you aren't properly prepared as you go through this, uh, for our purposes, college football season. Make sure you get with uh, Phil at um, ESPN.com, and uh, he's an insider and bringing it to you very, very well. We continue on with the Mac West. We have one final stop. And, Phil, wow, what a banner year 2016 was for the Western Michigan Broncos out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. All you get to know, where were they ranked? Where were they ranked in all the final polls around college football number 15 around the FBS? MAC championship in their possession. Western Michigan grabbed that. Then they played Wisconsin so very tough in the Cotton Bowl. As we said earlier, lost by eight had the football on the drive in the final possession. So it was a tremendous year. But P.J. Fleck, Phil, his row the boat slogan and mantra, he's rowing that boat now to Minneapolis. Now, of course, the head football coach of the Minnesota Golden Gophers. But in steps Broncos legacy quarterback and uh, Hall of Famer at Western Michigan, Tim Lester. Tim Lester, outstanding quarterback for Western Michigan. He's the third leading passer in Broncos history, played there from 96 to 99. Now, the defensive side of the ball could get a boost from four first-team MAC performers. Phil, last year, boy, you, you want defense in the MAC, and you go start looking at quarterback Darius Phillips and linebackers Robert Spillane and Asante Brown. They are tremendous first-team MAC performers defensively. Now, they got to replace uh, the three-and-a-half-year starting quarterback, Zach Terrell. Phil, just last week, expected starter Tom Flacco, the younger brother of Joe Flacco, uh, left the program. Uh, he was expected to potentially be the starting quarterback. Uh, so now he leaves, which puts that position in a little big state of flux. Also gone is the 10th overall pick in the NFL draft from last April, Corey Davis, the best receiver in Mac history. So you've got some hits there now that uh, they've got to take care of. But, you know, Phil, I mean, uh, this program now has been established under P.J. Fleck. Can they maintain that and maintain at least close to that brand of excellence uh, under uh, former Western quarterback Tim Lester? Yeah, and, you know, before you think that it's gloom and doom at the quarterback spot, John Wesnick, is the, uh, the projected starting quarterback in the magazine, is a guy that, uh, you know, Coach Lester is high on. He thinks he's an extremely smart quarterback. Uh, he split the reps with Flacco in the spring. He's got a very strong arm. He's more athletic than you would think. And, uh, you know, after talking to Coach, I had actually given him a slight edge over Flacco at the quarterback position. Now, it was interesting. I was having a conversation with Coach Carey 
at Northern Illinois, and we were going over some players and who do you think is the most underrated team. He goes, you know, I'll tell you who I think is underrated, Western, because they got Tom Flacco at quarterback. This guy's going to have a fantastic year. And wow. then two days later, Flacco transfers out. So an opposing head coach breaks down your quarterback like that, who, who really has seen very little action. You know he is a, a pretty good talent, and uh, it probably will end up missing him. But how about the running backs? I mean, Jarvie and Franklin, Jamari Bogan, uh, Levante Bellamy, they got three very capable RBs. Uh, as you touched on, a big question mark in my mind, not only who's going to replace Terrell, but, I mean, Corey Davis is a guy that made any quarterback look good, but they also lose Michael Henry, Carrington Thompson. Their top three receivers from last year is gone. Got a pretty good tight end to Donnie Ernstberger. Offensive line, they've got three starters back, including Chukwoma Okafor at the left tackle spot. He's a guy who's massive, athletic. NFL scouts better be watching this guy. He's 6'6", 330 pounds, so keep your eyes on him. And, and then, as Michael correctly pointed out, you look at these guys defensively. I mean, Darius Phillips, not only a dangerous return man, but an excellent cornerback. Caleb Bailey at the Mike linebacker, Robert Spillane at the Will linebacker. Uh, plenty of talent throughout on the defense. Uh, so it's it's going to be a dangerous Western team, but naturally, uh, you know, last year my power ratings, six of my nine power ratings, said these teams going to be eleven and one, and if they upset Northwestern, they can be a group of they can get that group yep. of five spot. That's exactly what happened this year. Power ratings, some power ratings like them as the best in the conference, but my main set has them about the fourth best in the conference. And when you look at the schedule, they do have to play USC on the road, Michigan State on the road early in the season. Well, Michigan State's not going to take anybody lightly coming off that losing season they had last year. They have to play their final two games are at Northern, at Toledo. And those two teams are poised for a little bit of revenge after last year. So the start of the season tough, the end of the season tough. Should do pretty well in the middle of it, though. It'll be interesting to see what your uh, friends at the South Point have on that one, Michael. Absolutely. Before I get to that, I've got to congratulate you, though. You you stated a year ago, if Western Michigan upsets Northwestern, which they did, if memory serves, as Northwestern fumbled uh, near the goal line to secure the Western Michigan win, you correctly predicted that uh, they – it could be that uh, one of those five New Year's uh, six bowl participants from the group of five, and that's exactly what happened. So spot on there. Congratulations on that call. Not quite that this year, though, right? No. <laughs> not, and you're, not, you're not going to go there this year. No, definitely not. And I appreciate that. And this year, if you're looking for that team that is like Western Michigan was last year, the team that I think has got favored in every game with the exception of one, it would be Appalachian State. Appalachian State I've got favored in 11. Remember last year they almost upset Tennessee? Sure. And, uh, the Tennessee had a big game on deck against Virginia Tech. Georgia's got Notre Dame on deck when they play App State. So if App State pulls the upset there, they could be this year's Western Michigan, and it would uh-huh. be the first ever Sun Belt representative from the group of five. So that will right. be interesting to watch that first game. It it will be, and uh, so Phil was spot on last year when he correctly predicted uh, Western Michigan to uh, be that top squad of the group of five and get the New Year's Day Bowl berth. They did the Cotton Bowl. Phil, you asked me about the South Point. They, I'll tell you what, I, they're not expecting. I wonder if they know that, uh, that P.J. Fleck rode that boat to Minneapolis. Uh, I jest. I know they do, but that, that total is still at nine, Phil. Nine for Western Michigan this year with that schedule that you just pointed out. Yeah, that's. Um, I, I would definitely go under on this one, and uh, be on the basis that 
I, I have a clear favorite at U or underdog at USC, at Michigan State, at Northern Illinois, and at Toledo. So I, I think they're going to have a tough time winning any of those four games. To top nine, they'd have to win two of those games. Don't see Absolutely. it happening. I'm going to no. go with under nine for Western Michigan, even though I think Tim Lester's a, a very confident coach coming in. When I talked to Coach Lester this spring, naturally he's got a high confidence level on the team, but I'm going under nine for Western Michigan. I'm right with you. They're going to fill it out perfectly. They're going to have to win two of those football. And I'll tell you, uh, the trip to Ypsilanti against Eastern Michigan in-state and at home in the rivalry game against Central Michigan, neither one of those will be a picnic or a day at the beach either. So uh, it's it, it could be a daunting task. I mean, just overall performance-wise, oh, they'll play well. Make no mistake about that. And uh, Tim Lester, I think uh, – would be primed to uh, have his, his squad again ready to uh, get to a bowl game once again, whether they win the West. Phil, I like Toledo to win the West. You? Uh, flip to your Mac forecast in the magazine. <laughs> you know, I don't uh, give it away. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, just, yeah. That's one of those rhetorical questions I know the answer to. but uh, I'm going to say go to page 252 <laughs> if you're listening there on your podcast. Go to page 252 and get my complete forecast. And if you don't have that magazine in front of you, get out to the store today and go get one and find out what I have for each of the doggone forecasts because we're just giving you these in alphabetical order. I'm sure yes, you have exactly. one already, though. Um, I'm, I'm going to say that, uh, I'd be shocked beyond belief if everyone that is listening to our strongest steel podcast doesn't have their Bible right in front of them. That, and, needless, yes, sir. That it's not dog-eared already because they've been reading it so much this preseason, getting ready for the season. Yeah. How dog-eared do yours get, Phil? Oh, I mean, it, you just have like pages every, ripped like, out of them and that. Absolutely, and it's uh, it's the same case every year. We get pictures all the time on uh, at Phil Steele zero four two on uh, Twitter with people send us their pictures, and you could go ahead and do that as well. If you got a stack of dog-eared Phil Steele magazine showing you read it every day during football season, snap that picture, get them in a stack, send it to me at Phil Steele zero four two, and I'll make sure I retweet it for you. Absolutely. It's a beautiful thing. So uh, that gets us through the, the Mid-American Conference. We did the East yesterday, uh, the West uh, today. I, again, I, I just, you know, as you're, as you're looking at everything, take a peek at uh, what you hear and what you like with regard to the Mid-American Conference. Uh, and uh, I don't know, uh, Toledo, Western Michigan, Miami, Ohio, uh, Possibly, Phil, will be seeing some of those names in the MAC championship game. Great job, Phil. We're, we're rolling through now the month of August, uh, and uh, we've got more to come. We're, please uh, stay with us here on Strongest Steel as we will get set to continue. We've still got uh, the Mountain West to come. We've got the Sun Belt, and we've got Conference USA. Phil, good stuff. Keep studying up, man. We know you will. Keep uh, doing everything great, and we'll see you uh, real soon here on our next edition of Strongest Steel. Sounds great, Michael. Still got three group of five conferences to go. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Phil Steele, the best all over college football. So that's going to do it for us. Again, as we've been telling you, please make sure uh, all you need to do is go to iTunes.com. iTunes.com, everything's right there for you to uh, uh, easily, easily get any one of the shows we've already done. We started this uh, three weeks ago yesterday on July the 10th. 
and have gone through all of the Power Five and uh, have now made our way through the American Athletic Conference and the Mid-American Conference here in the Group of Five. So, again, Conference USA, Mountain West, and Sun Belt still to come. That's going to do it for us. Couldn't do anything like this without you. We appreciate your listenership. Again, go to iTunes.com. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love about the show and why you want to see it continue to grow going forward. We're most appreciative. So for our producer, Jim Nabosna, and for Phil Steele, I'm Michael Regai. Make it a great football day for yourself. We'll see you back here real soon on our next edition of Strongest Steel. So long, everybody. <laughs>